And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First headline is, we rolling MMA. Yeah, one of the newest promotions was announced via a press release on Tuesday. It's founded. It's the babysitter to the stars who made that catchphrase legendary within the MMA community. None other than Burt Watson. June 15th is a scheduled inaugural date and the event center at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida is the location. Watson's goal is to give a platform for new stars of MMA to hone their skills by providing them a place to do just that. When a person shows up at 6.30 in the morning to collect blood or urine for a UFC fighter, they can quote Nate Diaz and say, I'm not surprised. Unfortunately for Dan Ige, he provided his samples to a test taker who had the wrong address. Yeah, it was a test for someone else and had nothing to do with USADA at all. Lady showed up at the door, said, I'm here to collect uh, your blood. And Ige let her in and and did just that. Jim Nowitzki reminded all the fighters via social media that USADA testers have ID stating who they work for and they show it before collection. I hope she was good and didn't put Ige through too much pain getting that sample. That's just insult to injury alright our prayer list for the week we've got on it tough 20 vet Angela your majesty Magania if you haven't heard she fell into a coma on Tuesday morning following a neurological surgery and stayed there for two days Magania was scheduled to meet Kira Batara in LA on April 26 at Kombache 35 she suffered some complications from a nerve block procedure for a herniated disc. Uh, all this is going on in her training. Uh, she went to the doctor, got some uh, medicine to help with that, went back to training for about a week, and then she just couldn't stand the pain anymore, went back to the doctor, and they scheduled an emergency surgery. Like, she went in Tuesday, they put her right into surgery, and she fell into a coma during that time. Uh, She was in Puerto Rico training. That's where everything took place. Uh, Late Wednesday, she began to blink and move her fingers. But it wasn't until Thursday morning that she regained full consciousness. So glad to hear about this because the story could have went a different way. Which is one of the reasons why whenever anyone goes under the knife, it's a serious thing. You just don't know what's going to happen. And I pray that she has a speedy speedy recovery and that she's able to take care of her business and things while she recovers for most fighters they don't make money if they're not fighting and she was scheduled to fight in just about seven days time from the time that i'm recording this uh that's a payday that she will miss and you know don't know how she's gonna 
take care of things there may be some kind of GoFundMe or something that comes up and if so your man the voice will share that in upcoming episodes of the mtmv main car up next let's have some sweet science conversation in the old one too what's going on everybody it's your boy damo from the mtmv sports podcast network here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around the outsider's edge hosted by myself my homie jay kells and my homie sam blackwell bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling so no matter what device you're using what platform you're on we've got something for you you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, podcast republic the anchor app or spotify Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, My Team, My Voice, Sports Podcast Network, and look up the Outsider's Edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boobie, and you listening to MTMV Sports. Scat. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one-two. Most of the experts think that the Khan-Crawford fight this Saturday is going to end in a KO win for Bud Crawford. The vast majority of the experts see things happening pretty much the same way. Khan's speed and skill will pose problems at the start of the fight, especially with his length. Crawford will learn his style and adjust and then spark a mirror. Now, Khan told Mark Kriegel of ESPN TV, I see it going the distance. It'll be a very technical fight. All but one of Khan's losses have been by KO. And all but nine of Bud's wins have been by KO, including his last five in a row. That's why I thought that the judges won't be needed. I don't think a win is enough to move Bud to number one pound for pound, but a win will keep him near the top, especially over a nine-time champ like Amir Khan. Now, Crawford wants Spence, and I want to see that fight. Most fight fans do. On Wednesday, Crawford said that the fight will happen when the truth and his representation at Premier Boxing Championship wants it to. That puts all the pressure on Heyman and team, especially since the throttling Spence put on Garcia still has him only at number five pound for pound on most people's list. I can see PBC offering up Sean Porter or maybe even Keith Thurman before the possibility of killing their golden goose and Spence. Now, I'm not saying the truth would lose, but that O is very valuable to his promoters. A huge blow to the progression of Anthony Joshua's career was dealt by his opponent, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. The fight in June is supposed to be Joshua's U.S. coming out party in the largest media market, New York, New York, at the Mecca of a mall, Madison Square Garden. Dance partners make fights intriguing. And Miller has been the perfect dance partner for AJ. 
He's been taking shots at Joshua since the Dazone U.S. launch press conference last year. Uh, they have done a great job selling the fight at the different press conferences, shoving each other and Big Baby threatening to get up and walk out in the middle of press conferences. Just all kinds of craziness. In one of those press conferences, Joshua said or talked about Miller's history with PEDs. And unfortunately, it reared its ugly head again. Miller tested positive for GW1516 on a test conducted by Vida on March 20th. That's a banned substance to boost your metabolism. It's used for weight loss, which may have been a concern, uh, but there's no limit for heavyweight boxers. So, I mean, outside of losing some weight uh, to increase endurance, I don't know if it'll be if uh, Big Baby will use it for any other reason. Now it also boosts stamina. Now that's something any fighter could use more of. The news was made public on Wednesday, April 17th, and the New York Athletic Commission said it's a no-go to the Brooklyn native when it comes to obtaining a license to fight in quote his backyard. This fight is, uh, or I should say, it's mid-April now. And the fight is supposed to happen in June. But who's going to fill in? When Dillian White won his last fight, he was rumored to be in line for that rematch with AJ. They're both matchroom boxing fighters, so it'd be pretty easy to pull together. But they're fighting in the U.S. And it's AJ's debut stateside. So fighting someone from the U.K. in New York... Yeah, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Michael Hunter is someone else who fill in. He's a U.S.-born fighter. Should be training because he's got a fight to be announced on the uh, May 25th uh, Usyk and, or I should say Usyk and Takam card, which is on the zone and promoted by Matchroom Boxing, who he recently signed with. So now he's a stable made of AJ. So that could make a lot of sense. But Hunter's from LA, not from New York. So, uh, you know, we, I mean, it makes sense, but who knows? Uh, Luis Ortiz, he lives in Florida. So East Coast guy, uh, Cuban, could rally uh, some of the Cubanos and just the... Uh, Latinos there in New York, especially the Afro-Latinos with a huge Puerto Rican population there. Uh, Like Miller, though, he's had some dope troubles in the past. And Ortiz is in the PBC camp. Heyman allegedly advised Wilder to stay away from a DAZN deal recently, so that could make things a bit more difficult. Now, Adam uh, Kwaniak, oh man, that's another immigrant transplant, but he lives in Brooklyn. Though he's from Poland, lives in Brooklyn. That could pull the Eastern Europeans living in all five boroughs. He's undefeated with 19 bouts and 15 KOs. That's a nice story to build on a last-minute replacement for. Will it sell as well as it would have if it were Miller? No, but that might be one of the best options for Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, he shot the idea down, saying that six weeks was not enough time to prepare. 
So it's all up in the air as to who Joshua will face. Now, speaking of Madison Square Garden, Triple G will be making his DAZN debut on June the 8th. We knew that. Who he will face, we didn't know. Now we do. And now we know where. Again, at the mecca of them all, Madison Square Garden versus Steve Rose out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Rose is 35 years of age, undefeated, and made his pro debut eight years ago. In his last outing, he won the vacant USBA middleweight title and has stopped 10 of his 19 opponents. That's a nice record. But he looks like a wounded wildebeest in the plains of Africa waiting for the hungry lion who is Triple G. A televised lineup for the weekend is as follows. On Saturday, April 20th, you got three fights. One of them in London on the zone stateside sky across the pond. You got heavyweights David Allen versus Lucas Brown, as well as uh, Derek Teresa, who recently lost his rematch to Dillian White. He's coming back at it again versus Sanad. Gashi. Both of those fights are 12 rounds and again both of them are heavyweight. In Carson, California on Fox. Number 6 ranked welterweight in the world Danny Garcia will take on Adrian Granados in a 12 round bout. And then <laughs> yeah the biggest fight of the Weekend on ESPN pay per view, Terrence Bud Crawford ranked number two pound for pound as well as number two welterweight, as far as Ring Magazine is concerned, will be taking on Amir Khan for Crawford's WBO title uh, at welterweight. So, you know, that's a 12 round affair because the title's on the line. Got some nice 10 round fights as well on the main card. You got Shakur Stevenson versus Chris Diaz at Featherweight. You got Felix Varejo versus Brian Vasquez at Lightweight. And then you have the electrifying number eight ranked Tiafimo Lopez in a 10 round fight versus Edis Tatali. I can't wait for this card. I got everything in place recently. I will be at a local sports eatery right around the corner from my house uh, with good friends taking in this pay-per-view. And I can't wait. Hopefully, you get a chance to watch it as well because it should be a great night of fights. Let's take a pause for the calls. When I come back, we'll preview UFC St. Petersburg. Yo, what's up? This is Avila, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Yeah. The UFC Octagon sets up shop in St. Petersburg, Russia, for the fight card of no nicknames as at least half of the main card fighters only go by their government name. 
Starts off with a middleweight clash between 19 and 4, Christoph Jocko versus 8 0, Alan Amadowski. Alan was killing the game on a Bellator European circuit, and he seemed destined for a contract. Just didn't see it coming with the UFC. He gets welcomed to the big show by the nine fight UFC vet Jocko, who's lost his last three in a row. An unsuccessful outing on Saturday could send him back to the European regional scene. Amadowski is not only undefeated, but he stopped all his opponents by strikes. The last time Jocko didn't need the judges for a victory was nearly three years ago, and his last two losses are by KO. The Voices Marquee matchup is the second card, or I should say the second fight on the card, where you have undefeated 7-0 Antonina La Pantera Shevchenko versus 22-15, the former title challenger and legend Roxanne the Happy Warrior Mataferi. This is a flyweight bout. Roxy's 2-3 over her last five and has traded losses and wins in her second UFC stint. She's looking to get back in the win column and get back to a shot at the strap. The holder of that belt is her opponent's little sister, Valentina Shevchenko. Antonina is a kickboxing champ who won her way into the UFC via a knockout on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. In her sophomore trip to the Octagon, she'll get her stiffest test in Mata Ferry. That's why this is the Voices Marquee matchup. It kills the hype either way it goes with a win. If La Pantera wins, then you have to look at her as more than Bullet's big sister. If she loses and Roxy, a fan favorite, wins, then she continues to chase her dream of becoming a champion in a career that's approaching 15 years third fight on the main card we've got Devin the Brown Bear Clark who's 9-3 taking on 16-0-1 Ivan the Ural Hulk shit ah boy I'm gonna kill this Shatikov Shatikov yeah that's the last time you hear me say that (laughs) it's a light heavyweight fight this marks the first of four Russia versus the world matchups. Clark suffered all three of his pro losses in the UFC going three and three in his campaign. When he's gone the distance in the UFC, he's won. When he's lost, it's been either by strikes or submissions. Across from him stands the Ural Hulk, who is 4-0-1 over his last five. All of those fights And all of his fights have been in his native land of Russia, just as is this fight. Though they were past their prime, he's beaten some fairly notable fighters like Rico Rodriguez, Bigfoot Silva, Christian Mpumbu, Fabio Maldonado, and Thiago Silva. With five KOs and six submissions, he can get it done anywhere. But can he do it under the bright lights of the UFC in his debut fight? That's the question that will have to be answered on Saturday. 
the big boys do battle in the next fight on the card as heavyweights Sergey Pavlovich at 12 and 1 and 6 and 2 Marcelo Gon fight each other Sergey's sole loss was in his last bout which was also his UFC debut versus headliner and perennial contender Alistair Overeem Gon has had a rough go of it since coming up to the UFC losing two in a row all six of Marcelo's wins are by stoppage and only one of those was a submission three of Sergey's wins are by decision and the rest of those 12 are by KO so this could be a striker's delight the co-main event pits 16-1 Islam Makashev and 13-1 Armand Saryukin this is going to be a lightweight battle of the once beaten fighters both lost in the fall of 2015 Armand's was in his second pro fight and Islam suffered a KO at the hands of Adriano Martins on Jones Gustafson 1's undercard Saryukin has stopped most of his opponents and has done so fairly evenly between strikes and submissions. Makashev is more of a submission specialist with seven of his ten stops taking place on the ground. Will Islam, who trains under John Kavanaugh, pick up the win? Or will Tiger Muay Thai's Armand be victorious? 44 and 17, Alistair, the ring, the demolition man, Ao, the whatever he wants to call himself right now, Overeem takes on 57, 11, and 1, Alexei the Boa Constrictor Olenek. These men have trained together in the past, and Overeem considers Olenek a friend, but that won't stop them from fighting each other. At 3 and 2 over his last five, Ao got back in the win column in his last trip to the octagon with a ground and pound stoppage of Sergey Pavlovich Thanksgiving weekend last year. Olenek, on the other hand, is 4-1 and one, and all four of those recent wins over the past five have been by submission, including two Ezekiel chokes. So he is living up to his moniker as being the boa constrictor. This is a classic striker versus grappler match for these two fighters who have over 60 fights apiece. The intrigue of whose skill will reign supreme because neither of them should be scared coming into this with all that combat experience. Who will win and whose experience, whose game plan will be the most comprehensive and bring them that W in the main event of the evening is the question that will be answered on Saturday and the reason the UFC put this as top billing up next the official results What's up, guys? John here. 
coming at you representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential bringing you the newest Laker podcast up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. All right, what's up with it? This is May May, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked, baby. This has been episode 87 of the MTMV Main Card. And if the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. Sunday in Japan, Rising 15 is taking place with my man King Mo versus Jerry Prochaska for the light heavyweight strap. Kyoji Horiguchi is taking on Ben 10 win in the co-main event of that card as well. Do me a favor. Tell a friend about MTMV Sports. You can subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, and of course, Anchor.fm. You can also catch us on Dash Radio's GH3 every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Hit us on the socials. Whether it be IG, Twitter, or Facebook, it's all the same. MTMV Sports on everything. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Until next time, it's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off. Thank you.